well, we didn't know if we'd get here, but week one has arrived in the National Football League. Welcome to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns. Andy McNamara alongside Matt Florjancic. Matt is on location, currently in line at Walmart, getting your your, your, your pregame meals and, and food all there. So that's the noise we hear in the background, right, buddy? I got I to get some snacks for the oh, game. yeah, man. I dig it. I understand. I'm not used to what? I'm not used to watching them at my house. Right? <laughs> this is a new concept for me. That's right. And hey, uh, like we've talked about for weeks, didn't know how if we'd be able to to get even to this regular season, but it's here. Thursday night went off uh, fine. Like it seemed normal, right? Like it was it was less people in the stands, as, but overall, as normal as we're gonna get at this point. Yeah, really. Andy Reid's like mask visor thing fogged up, which was kind of funny, but. Like outside of that, it was uh, it was pretty good. So now, Matt, we, we we can actually focus on the Ravens and Game One for the Browns. We've talked about it all all off season. The challenges: new head coach again, new offense again. Uh, it's supposed to be quarterback friendly, but the Ravens are are rolling out the same thing. Um, do you think there's there's any advantage or disadvantage for the Browns coming in that? Although they know the style that they might run, they haven't actually seen it in practice when it comes to Baltimore. I think the Browns actually do have an advantage in that regard because think about it this way. Their coaching staff, while they didn't play, they weren't here last year, the defensive coaching staff, a lot of them still played the Ravens. Hmm. Nobody really knows what Kevin Stefanski's offense is going to look like. So, I mean, we think we have an idea. But again, it's not a it's not a great idea, and it's you know we'll uh, we'll see. So I think actually the advantage really does play into their favor. Well, and it's a different type of offense in that, like we know it's going to be tight end heavy, obviously. But in Minnesota, it was Dalvin Cook, and that was about it. Well, in Cleveland, it's Kareem Hunt who just signed that two year extension, keeping him around, and Nick Chubb and Austin Hooper, and Harrison Bryant leapfrogged David Njoku in the depth chart. Uh, Odell and Jarvis seem to be healthy. It just really seems now, Matt, to come down to, all right, is there, has that chemistry been built? Has the timing been built, which we know is an issue last season? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's really going to come down to how they handle their business. Um, if they're able to be on the same page and then, you know, how they how they work through these struggles, because that's really when you're going to find out what this team is made of is when adversity hits. And you're going to see, you know, whether they're able to handle it or not. Well, and, and isn't that what Freddie Kitchen said all last year? And then when it did hit, it was like, oh, I guess we can't handle it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, we're not talking about last year anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the Browns route and just say we're not talking about that anymore. We're, we're, it was what it was. We thought it was a great idea. He was a great quote machine. But as far as oh, coaching Freddie. in game, his strategy left a lot to be desired. And. The Browns paid a heavy price for it. Disaster. Uh, some notable lineup um, situations. We have Robert Jackson, cornerback, being activated from the practice squad. With Greedy Williams being out from that shoulder injury, which that's that's a really unfortunate, Matt, because we saw last year him miss a few games too, and, and you just hope him and Denzel Ward don't kind of fall under that injury-plagued tag because uh, Greedy Williams needs to be out there. Robert Jackson, good player, but... You, he, he wasn't a second-round pick for your team. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate because Greedy is such a good player. 
there, but uh, but at this point, you know, you got to start to wonder if he's he's going to be a main contributor. I mean, I know it's early in his career, but the track record isn't starting to pile up great on the injury front. And no, this is a violent game, and you know, once you get one injury, it's easier to get two, three, and four. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And the other aspect of it is J.C. Treader at center. Now, he was participating in some capacity late in the week, right, with that, that having that knee scope. Looks like he's going to be a game-time decision, Matt. And he's a guy, sort of like with Joe Thomas, you know, back when he was playing, didn't have to practice. You can roll him out, I think, as long as he feels comfortable on that knee and be pretty confident that he's going to be able to play at the high level, right? Like, like he's, he's a pro's pro. Yeah. You, you don't worry about a guy like JC. He'll be he'll be in all care shape. Um, he, this guy played through a high ankle sprain. He played the entire half second half of the season with a high ankle sprain. He knows how to handle pain. He's yeah, gonna be true. okay. Whether or not he he does get to play, who knows? But if he does, he's gonna be he's gonna be fine. Right. No doubts about that. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, folks. At AndyMC81 at MattFlerJancic. Uh, and for the the Browns, when it comes to depth, even if something happens in-game, Nick Harris got all starter reps at center throughout the whole preseason. So you have that backup on hand right away. You have that extra lineman the NFL put in that you can have on staff to avoid. And remember last year, right, Greg Robinson went insane and kicked somebody, got kicked out. Then there was an injury to Lamb, and they were really stuck. So at least you have that extra body on the O-line. So overall, like if J.C. Treader's in there, the next question is Jedrick Wills and how he handles a Baltimore front line that is clearly going to be gunning for him and testing him early and often to try to disrupt Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it's a great introduction because Calais Campbell is no joke, and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle their business uh, with him because he's switching from left to right. And uh, we'll uh, we'll figure out how that transition goes, but he's used to doing the blindside blocking, so that's good. Yeah, well, and and, and that's the thing, right? Like with, um, when he was blocking Kyler Murray, it was no, not to, uh, Tua. Sorry, when he was blocking Tua, um, it was blocking for a left-handed quarterback. So he was still facing the opponent's best pass rushers. That's and, and protecting the blindside, right. as you said. Different footwork, different angles. Certainly not to be underestimated. But, heck, you know what? If Joe Thomas gives you his endorsement, uh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, Joe, Joe knows a thing or two about that. So if he gives you the sign-off, uh, I'm going to roll with the big guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to agree that he's, uh, he's going to be in okay shape. It's just going to be a timing thing. And this kid played high, high-level football at the University oh, yeah. of Alabama for a long time. He's no joke. He knows how to handle himself. In, in pretty stressful situation, mm-hmm. he he's going to be just fine. I really don't have any concerns about it. It might take a week or two to get his timing down because we didn't have, have the preseason. But overall, I really like that pick, and I think it's going to be good for the whole offense. Yeah, he seems like he is uh, the right fit for this style with Kevin Stefanski, that wide zone scheme on the offensive line. And as well, Matt, like, the thing is, you can help him out. Like Kevin Stefanski, you can put an extra tight end over there. They got enough of them on the roster. You can put both running backs, which I think would be an well, ideal situation well, anyway. I, I agree with you on the running backs. Um, I would be concerned if it was David and Joe. 
Well, you no, no, no. You, we David, know he ain't lining up over there. He's not going on the lap. No, no, no. no, no. David, David's blocking is uh, is interesting. Unrefined, unrefined is a nice way to put it, Matt. Right? Uh, still very raw. He's, uh, he's yes, yes. He, he's <laughs> got a great physique, but he still really quite hasn't figured it out in the blocking angles yet. Yeah. So. Hopefully he takes back. care of that, but I think there's a reason why he's uh, he went number three on the depth chart. Number three, which is crazy. Harris and Bryant up there, and, and remember too, folks, we got we got a fullback this year. You got the extra running backs, you got the extra tight ends. So if Will's and listen, if it's me, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, um, I'm putting extra help out there anyway, um, because especially if you did a yeah. Kareem Hunt oh, Nick no Chubb, doubt. right? Like, like it, look, Matt, if you had Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb out there. Even if the play intends one to block, you're still fine, and the defense still has to account for both of them. Like you can still have weapons right out there that can help. So I think you do that right off the bat to help ease them in. You don't want them to get steamrolled, right? Right. No, you don't. You want to start off with as much positive as you can going forward, and you don't want your quarterback getting yeah. getting hurt because of some fluke play either. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I I. I'm, I guess I'm just not as worried as other people that about his blocking because there's other ways that the Browns can can handle their themselves and their schemes to right. to take advantage of the skills that they do have. Yeah, to help them out. That and Bill Callahan's a hell of a uh, offensive line coach as well, so he'll know how far he is, how comfortable he is. I'm not sure that they could have gotten a better hire in that regard. That's great. Callahan knows how to do magic with offensive linemen. I mean, he gets guys who probably shouldn't even be in the league to be damn near Pro Bowl caliber. He's he's a pretty good coach. Well, and as well, Matt, he has head coaching experience filling in on an interim basis for Washington last year. I think he did it another time in his NFL career as well. So you have that extra bit of experience that Kevin Stefanski can lean on on game day. Because let's face it, folks, let's let's be real. He's never been a head coach at any level. He's a rookie, too. He's yeah. a rookie, too. And he's never been a head coach and calling games at the NFL level. Called the games last year, right? And a little bit the year before, but not all of it. And we've seen in the past, Browns head coaches who try to do both. Gets a little squirrely. So it seems like Stefanski isn't a guy who's going to let pride get in the way or be stubborn like Freddie or Hugh and all that and really actually lean on his resources. And Matt, if I think he does that, like I, again, I'm kind of like you. Like I'm not as worried. I don't think he, I don't think he's in a position to be overwhelmed like coaches of the past. Yeah, I I don't think so either. There's just something different about him. I don't yeah. want to say that he's got the it factor, but he he kind of does. I mean, he he seems. Like, he's not just all talk. He's willing to – when he says he's going to collaborate, I actually believe that there will be collaboration, yeah. unlike in past years where they said it and, and it was like, okay, is it really going to happen? Or is it, you know, we collaborate all week and then game day hits and then you suddenly go afoul of yourself and you forget how to call plays. You know, it's – I mean, that's kind of the situation we got. Um it's uh, with Hugh. It was his stubbornness and just his outright refusal to, to, to think, you know, creatively with the talent that he had. Now, granted, he he didn't have the most talented rosters. 2018 was different, but 2016 and 17 were were pre- pretty lean years. Um, yeah. Freddie just 
looked like he was completely overmatched. And when you saw that, there's kind of a reason why Mm. now that you think about it, why he was in the NFL for so long and never got above a position coach. Yeah. And, and, and we were the ones. And I don't want to rip that because, you know, position coaches can be really good and they can make a hell of a lot of money and have a great career. But most of them tend to move up the ladder if they're really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. And he moved up real fast. And well, now he's back down in New York with Joe Judge. So enough, enough Freddie talk, Matt. I'm with you there. Uh, We also, hey, fantasy football season, folks, right? I got my uh, articles up on sportsnet.ca. You can check that out and on Twitter at AndyMC81. And we're going to have live the fantasy show. You can watch that online wherever you're listening from. Um, Again, we'll put the link on Twitter at AndyMC81 at the fantasy show sportsnet.ca. That's going to be 8 to 10 Eastern. And then we're going to have a brand spanking new. This is going to be on Sportsnet YouTube, Facebook Live, and Twitch from 11 a.m. to noon fantasy football live we'll take questions we'll take uh give you start sits injury updates and all that so we'll get you ready there uh for that matt your your fantasy uh football team how's that just overall how's that how's it looking for you well it would be better if michael uh, mike evans didn't get hurt in practice Ooh. but other than, i mean I'm, I'm still pretty confident i've got some good talent um i already made a uh, one roster move getting a, de- a better defense than what i got in the draft so okay. Um, I'm feeling okay. Um, as long as I'm top five, I'm still going to be, comp- uh, you know, in the money, so to speak. So hopefully that's, uh, that's where we're at with it. Uh, top three would be great, but, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out. You can never rely too much on projections because sometimes they let you down. They, yeah. Uh, well, a couple injuries just on the Saturday, you might, you want to make sure you're aware of Kenny Galladay, the Detroit lions. Uh, you want to get Marvin Jones into your lineup. If you're playing a DraftKings contest or whatever. Um, and if you're like me and you have Kenny Galladay on your season long, you're kind of hoes. So I'm not too happy about that. Uh, that, that, that really, that really bit me. Ah, uh, that's no good, but you know, it's it's early in the fantasy season, Matt. You just got to roll with it, right? It happens every year. <laughs> yeah, it does. I uh, we had a draft once before the third preseason game, and I drafted uh, Julian Edelman, and then the next night he went out and popped his ACL, and that was Ooh, all she wrote for the season. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's unfortunate. That's why you wait. <laughs> that's why you wait. Um, okay, Matt. Let's talk how the Browns are going to defend Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP. We know, you know, that despite all the stats, if you make him throw to the outside and make him a little uncomfortable, he's not accurate. So that seems to be the goal. Miles Garrett saying one of the strategies is to aggressively contain. And I really like that wording because you don't want to all out blitz Lamar Jackson because he'll make you miss and then he'll just run Look forever. Stupid. Right, he'll run forever. So aggressively can't contain. What do you make out of that? What What do you think that means for the Browns' defense and Miles Garrett? It means that they're going to play fast. Hmm. They're going to try to match speed for speed. Now, granted, he runs a four three. Lamar Jackson does, but I, I've always been kind of hesitant about that um, with guys who talk about how fast they are as a quarterback. Robert Griffin III is the ultimate example. You know, do you think you should be a starter? Well, nobody else in the, in my position room runs a 4-3. Yeah, but if you have to run a 40-yard dash, something went completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there was a complete breakdown of something. And you can't so do it all the time. I, it, 
with Lamar, it's different. L- Lamar is a better decision maker, I think, at this point in his career than Robert Griffin III really ever was uh, when he was a full-time starter. That's not taking anything away from him, but Lamar knows seemingly from an outsider's perspective, knows how to better protect himself. So that's why the Browns are saying aggressively contain. They want to put pressure in the backfield, but they also don't want to pinch too far in the ends where they leave him a running lane around the end. Or if they come in and have a really good strong contain on the outside, they don't want to be soft in the middle and the D tackles be completely overmatched. That's what I think they mean by aggressively contain. This team is going to be faster than we've seen in past years, meaning the Browns defense. And I think that's going to weigh in their favor. I do. I think they're going to play well enough to win. I don't know, but I know that the plan that they have is seemingly a pretty solid one. Right. And and, and that's the thing, right? You want, like, essentially, Matt, you want to make him uncomfortable and make him have to throw the ball. Right, which which went like to me right. long term. When you're looking at a franchise quarterback, if the strategy is to make a franchise quarterback throw the ball, he's not a real franchise quarterback. But the league has to catch up with him. The league has to figure him out. And until they do, he's legit. He's a weapon, and you have to acknowledge where he is at all times on the field. So I really like that. Get to him. Get to him quick, but also have guys kind of lay him back. Like just just make things busy for him. And and really make him yeah. make him work for it, and hopefully we can uh, you know reenact the the Madden curse, bring that out of retirement, and slap it right on the face of Lamar Jackson. That's smug, yeah. The thing you want to do is you want to make him uncomfortable, yeah. But you want to be responsible about it. You want to make him be uncomfortable by forcing him to throw the ball. Yes. You don't want him running around like he's you know the Michael you Mack. know uh, an, an extension of the running game out there you, you don't want him to be that kind of uncomfortable where he's just dropping back as soon as he hits that plant foot boom he's taking off you don't want that right. you want him to have to throw the ball because it takes away what he's really really good at which is using his athleticism to extend and make plays if you can find a way to negate some of that you will at least be able to be competitive against this Ravens team. And the Browns beat them week week four last year. It's the last regular season loss. They play them hard. They play them well. But you can't you can't let up. And that's where the thinness at linebacker comes in and is concerning for the Browns. So they, listen, they they have prepped all what last two weeks for this game. So you know they they got a game plan in place. But Matt, boy. How great! I know aggressively contained, but how great would it be for Miles Garrett to get his hands on that scrawny Lamar Jackson and just Turkey Jones his ass into the ground, just pop him, German suplex style, just boom. We get him. We just got Miles back get off him. of suspension. We don't want to put him back on suspension, dog. Listen, listen, Come on now. Listen, I, I, if he does if like he Turkey, Turkey Jones, Jones did, he might get arrested for assault and battery. <laughs> I, I want Miles to be safe. I want Miles to be smart. But if it comes down and he can turkey Jones, uh, Kurt Angle, German suplex Lamar Jackson, and just just pile drive the smugness out of his face, ooh, ooh, that would feel good. But I'm with you. He's got to be smart about it. We want Miles on the field. We need him on the field for the whole season. Can't be doing anything stupid. Don't listen to me, yeah, Miles. We're, 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 we're not good without Miles. Oh, I mean, we no, might not. not be good even with Miles, but we're really not good. Yeah. We don't have Miles. 
No, we're really not good without him. All right, Matt, let's get a prediction. I'm all fired up now. Um, what are we saying? What What are you thinking? Browns, Ravens, and folks, send us your your predictions for the game. Okay, at Andy MCD one at Matt Florjancic on Twitter. You can get us Instagram too at Andy MC Sports at Matt Flo Sports. Matt, official prediction: Browns versus Ravens in Baltimore. Where, by the way, in case you forgot, no fans don't have that atmosphere advantage. I think John Harbaugh's comments, while they said did not fire them up about the running backs being, by their own account, the best in the league, is going to have an impact on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I think this Browns team, I'm going to go against what I picked in our Pick'em League, Andy. Okay. I'm going to say 24-21, good guys. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, Harbaugh with the backhanded. Like, shut up, Harbaugh, you whiny, just whiny, whiny all the time. Can we just run it down their throat and set a statement? You know, everybody wanted the Browns to fail last year because we were the hype team. Let's do that to Baltimore, right? Let, let's, let's let us be that team. I'm going to say this. I think, so you say what, 24-21 Browns? I think. Yeah, I'm okay. going Browns. Okay, I'm going to go Browns as well, and I'm going to say, 35 28 Cleveland let's go multiple touchdowns for Chubb and Hunt and Baker comes out strong and they they bring Lamar Jackson give him a little piece not not a big piece Matt but a little nice 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 little healthy sliver of humble pie that will shove down his throat 35 28 let's do it come on who better to eat crow than a bunch of ravens there you go those rat birds let's go let's go okay all right, Matt. Well, you know what? We'll do our usual. If it's a victory Monday, which we hope it is, we will do a show then. If not, we will uh, jump back on with you on Friday and get you ready for... Actually, no, sorry. It's a Thursday game. Oh, boy. You know what? Maybe we'll do a Thursday during the yeah, day. Yeah, we game. got a quick turnaround this week. We do. It is versus the Bengals. So we'll do, regardless, the Thursday day game, um, like day show for that night game on Thursday. We'll do one then and then hopefully join you Monday for a victory Monday edition. All right, Matt, tell people where they can find your, your fine work if they are in the uh, Northeast Ohio area, of course, your uh, your new gig and uh, online. Yeah, well, the new gig is uh, page designer slash writer for the Medina County Gazette. So it's medina-gazette.com, and uh, you'll be able to find uh, uh, my game stories from high school football up on that site. And then uh, for blogging purposes, uh with which I cover all sports, UFC, NFL, uh, NBA, MLB. Uh, you can find me at wordpress.com. You can get all the information on my Twitter account, at Matt Florjancy. Beauty. All right, guys, let's do it. Go Browns. Season's here. Everybody stay safe, and let's eat up those rat birds. For Matt Florjancy, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to The Doghouse on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature. Go Browns!